Hallelujah. Okay, give yes. yourself a hand. Come on. Yes, we're going to celebrate you today. Amen. And because uh, we couldn't do it, we couldn't do it without you. And honestly, we had to learn everything along the way. You think you can do it alone. And then, uh, and then God begins to uh, teach you. And uh, honestly, back then, you didn't have uh, the Internet or the phones or you didn't have anything. I remember having one book because I took it in Bible school. That's why Bible school is so important. And that book was called The Ministry of Helps. And that helped us a lot. Amen? Hallelujah. I remember when pastors started preaching and there was the kids would be running around the front. And, I mean, these kids were like, they were not Christians. You know what I mean? They were coming in with their parents. And they were like, we went home one night and he goes, why would we? It seems like we have kids from hell, you know, because they were the most unruly kids, and the parents didn't know, you know, so they're just kind of letting the kids run everywhere. And, and then I said to him, well, what do you do with kids? And he said, I don't know. He said, he said well, I had Sunday school, and I go, duh. We got to do something. We got to get a nursery. We got to get a children's church. I mean, that is how the, the, the business side of it that we didn't know. We, not, we knew the message we were bringing, but we didn't know a lot about the business side. Amen. But God brought all of you in. And today, we just want you, we're going we're gonna to talk about a labor of love and the things that you have done. And, and we're serving you. Like, if you, uh, we're going to also pray for you at the end. If you can stay for the next service, lunch will be served. We're serving a great lunch. We have a gift for our volunteers. We just want to bless you, amen, because it's, it's just, a, a, just a small token, really, of our appreciation and everything that you do. Amen? Say amen or oh me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're here and uh, maybe you're just don't feel like, you know, every little thing that somebody does, even a word, even just talking to people, even just everything you do means something in the kingdom of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And honestly, we, I can stand up here all day, but there really aren't words that can express what Pastor Ed and I feel and the gratitude that we feel and the thanks for everything that, that you do. Amen? But your true reward will be when Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. I want to pray over the word right now. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for every servant, every every person that is working in the kingdom to see your vision come to pass, to see your will come to pass. And I thank you this morning that there's revelation knowledge that comes to each person in this place and that they realize how much not only we appreciate them, but how much you love them for what they're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know God notices every effort? People, you know, have a tendency to think that God only remembers the bad things they do, you know, and the devil's right there to agree with them. Would you not, would you not agree with me? Amen. However, the Bible tells us that God forgets the sin. He chooses to forget it when people repent and their sins. He said this, not me, and their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. When you are saved. God does not remember that you ever sinned. I know it's hard for you to imagine, especially if you have kids, because you want to remind them what they did two minutes ago when they do it again. But God does, God does not remember. 
Amen. And the Bible says, actually, Jesus made a way for you to stand in his presence as holy as he is. That'll get your mind tilting a little bit, right? But there's one thing that God does remember. Amen. He, and, and in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, God keeps a record of every work and every labor of love that you do. You need to remember this. In, in 610, it says, for God is, un, not un, he is not unrighteous. He is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you had showed toward his name, and, that, and this is how you showed it toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God does not look overlook anything that you do for him. Vinny, are you in here this morning? Where, where are you? Get ready to come up here for a minute. God, God doesn't look. He, it says he's not unjust. He's not going to forget your work and your labor of love. He's paying attention to everything you're doing, whether you're, you're, you're sweeping the floors or putting up soundboards or working on the sound or, or, or just replacing the toilet paper. God, you know, you are taking care. And we're going to talk a little bit about the importance, how much God, uh, he loves his house. Amen. When you, if we don't have a place of worship, where will we bring people to disciple them? Where will we bring people into the presence of God? Amen? Everything you do in this building, a lot of times people say, oh, it's just what you do out there. It's just witnessing. It's just, and that's, that's, that's so important. It's all of that, but, but it's also, you know, making this place special. When people are bringing their kids on Sunday morning, they want to know they're going to hear the word of God. They want to know that they're going to receive salvation. They want to know that their lives are going to be touched and changed. Amen? When people are bringing their teenagers, people's hearts, they're bringing their whole families, and we want to be there to minister to them, to touch them, and we can't do it. You saw in that video. You can come on up here, Vinny. We, we cannot do it without you. Amen? And uh, I, I, I wanted Vinny to share this because... Um, uh, in case you didn't know, because we've had so many announcements and so many things, that um, we uh, uh, gave a gift card. I believe it was a hundred dollar gift card to twenty different to twenty different families for Thanksgiving. And when we did that, um, we sent Vinny and a team out from the Bible School. Uh, to minister to these, to talk to these families, and I'm going to have him tell you what happened. Hey guys, so we uh, every year for the last three or four years we've gone to Springgate, which is a community, um, a housing community in Rockland, and every year that we've gone so far, we've kind of the coordinator of Springgate has had kind of like, um, yeah, you can come in, you can give your donation, and that's kind of it. Come in, give it, leave. We don't want you talking to people about the gospel, anything like that. It's been a pretty um, cold experience for that. But this year, God put someone in that position who was super excited to get us. We called her and asked if we could give a little sermon, a little testimony, and um, some worship just to give the gospel as well as the donation. She was all for it. She was super happy. She said, oh, thank God. Like These people need um, the gospel. They need God. So we had this opportunity to go in, so we offered it to the Bible students. We had a group volunteer to go, and we went in, put on just a little worship. Um, people gave powerful testimonies, 
and then a short um, explanation of the gospel, and then an altar call. And guys, the Bible says the harvest is ripe, and God is just looking for harvesters, and that's so true. I mean, you're there. We know the world is broken. People know they're missing something, and they don't know what it is. And when you go out, I mean, these people were so eager to accept the gospel, so eager to hear what we were talking about. The testimonies were so powerful. Out of, we gave away 20 gift cards, probably 15 people showed up. Um, out of those 59 people gave their life to God. Isn't that awesome? And they had worship, Alex and Olivia, that were in there, and uh, that's exciting, amen? We're, we're, that's, that's what you call making a difference. And, and there's no greater difference that you can make in a life than salvation. Hallelujah. So this, that's something that, that, that went on outside. I'll, we want to show you a video. Do we have the video ready of um, what happens inside here? This, and this video is, if you're a visitor, this is a lot of our, our people and our workers here at Living Word. Thank you a million times over. Was that not awesome? And you see what so many different people do. And honestly, it, I'm sure we didn't get everybody in that video, but it gives you an idea of what goes on here at Living Word. Amen? And, uh, it, it, and, and like I said, in, in just reading this scripture, for God is not unrighteous, not unjust, to forget your work and your labor of love, because it is a labor of love. I don't know anybody when they got saved, did not want to do something for the one who saved them. Amen? Let's look, at, uh, let's, let's look at the woman with the alabaster box for a minute. Jesus remembered the woman with the alabaster box, Matthew 26, verses 6 and 7. And I, and I don't think I gave you verses 8 and 9, but I, I don't know why I skipped that. But we need it from 6 all the way to 13, okay, if you guys can fix that. But Jesus made sure it was mentioned in the Bible so all the people would know about it. Let's look at this. Matthew 26, 6, and 7. It says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, now from what I understand, this is like a year's wages. How many of you at times when you've given into the ministry that maybe your spouse or maybe your relative or your mom or, or somebody said, why would you give all that? They were upset at this woman when his disciples, Jesus' disciples, saw it. They were indignant saying, why this waste? It's never a waste to give into the kingdom of God. For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Isn't that what people say? <laughs> Let's look at verse 10. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For she has done a good work for me, is what Jesus said. Verse 12, for in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, in the whole world, wherever it is preached, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. 
if the, if the Lord never forgot this woman's act of love, then he will never forget your act, your labor of love, everything that you're doing. He is not forgetting it. He is paying attention. And what you do may look insignificant to others, but God see, sees it. Amen? And he is not unrighteous to forget it. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to talk about David's love for the house of God for a few minutes. David was a man after God's own heart. And uh, let, let's look at uh, Psalms 26, verse 8. And the Psalms of David were filled, I've just got a few scriptures, with a longing in David's heart to abide in God's presence within his house. So many people talk about the church like it's not important. Well, we don't really need a church. Well, we can well we can go and have Bible studies from house to house. We can have house church. How's that working for you? Most people don't want to open their house for the majority. Most people don't, right? We have to work on getting just a few houses when we do our connect groups. Amen. But it says uh, you know, he 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 longed for the presence of God. In Psalm 26, 8, David said this. He declares, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. God's glory dwells in his house. Psalm 27, 4, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. One thing, his greatest desire. David was, was the man that had a heart after God. The Bible says God said he had a heart after him. And he said, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He had a heart and a passion for the house of God. When you think it's not uh, important to go to church or you're not, not important to bring others in, you need to read these scriptures. Amen? Hallelujah. In Psalm 84, one. Uh, verses 1 and 2, it says, David said, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And verse 4 said, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. And in Psalm 23, 6, it says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One more scripture, Psalm 69.9, for, for zeal for your house has consumed me. Has the zeal for God's house consumed you? Let, let, me, let me give you a picture of what, what I'm, I'm going to skip down here a minute, of what consumed is. And we have so many people that, 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 that do this. We have people around here that they, they, they never watch the clock. Sometimes we have to force them to leave the church. We've had people out here till two in the morning working on lights, decorating. I'm not just talking about this season, all the time, building stuff. We, pastor has gone into the church at midnight and there's wires hanging out of the ceiling and he's like, I don't know how, I don't know if we're gonna have church tomorrow. I said, don't worry, don't worry. Sometimes we gotta put trust in you, amen? That you know what you're doing. And so they, they just have a heart to see the, the, the vision come to pass. No price within their means or ability is too great to pay so that the vision of the ministry would be accomplished. That's where, that's where a lot of people, I, I know a lot of our workers, we have the best workers, and no, no price 
is, is too big. They are consumed with the zeal of God for the house of God, not just to come to church, but to help the work of God, to help the church do things, to fix the things that are broken. We have people that walk, sometimes we don't know something's broken, but somebody just, you know, takes it and fixes it. Maybe the plumbing. How many of you like it when, when you come in and we actually have toilet paper on the roll? Well, how many of you know it doesn't get there by magic? <laughs> right? Or that the floors are clean or that the barrels are empty and things like that. You know, it, it's, it's all about doing the work of God. Amen? And it all works together. When we work together, when we, I, I, you know, I know that when I first got saved, I just, why, why, who wants to be out in the world? I want to be in the house of God. I want to do things for God. I didn't even know what I could do. I was probably a pain in the pastor's butt. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, first I, was, I got in children's church, and I didn't, you know, I just kind of like sat there and did whatever they told me to do. And then I got a passion for prayer. And I, and I still, I go back and I, I say, Lord, I don't know where that came from because the pastor wasn't, I didn't know him back then. And then I heard, now remember, there's no phone, there's no internet, and I was trying to figure out where in heaven's name did I hear that. But I heard that Oral Roberts University had a 24-hour prayer uh, thing in the tower, you know, and, and I said, we're going to have 24-hour prayer. Now, now, I'm just saved a couple of months, but I was praying all the time. So I went to the pastors, and, they, and I said, can we have a 24-hour prayer, and we can have people sign up, and, and, and if they can't, they can, they can just commit to the hour, and they, because they, many people couldn't come out to the church at 2 and 3 in the morning and all that stuff. And, they, and the pastors, they were so gracious. They said, sure. So the next Sunday morning, I had this big cardboard board. It was probably the size of those two trees together. And I had all these lines, and I'm not an artist, guess my husband. This took me forever to make that board. And I had every time, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 and I, and I had all these lines. And at the main doors when everybody was walking into this church, there I was. I had that board. And I'm telling everybody, you got to sign up for prayer. You have to, I mean, you, you know, you know how some of those obnoxious people are when, you, when they walk in church and they want you to sign up for everything? I was one of those obnoxious people, you know. And I just, and, 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 and we had it going for a while, but you know what? They, they, they just, they never like, you know, they, they were just so gentle with me and careful, you know, because I couldn't imagine why people wouldn't want to take an hour of prayer, you know? And then, so, so I mean, it just, it's, it's a zeal for the house of God to do the things of God, to see the part, to see people saved. And I knew people couldn't get saved. I believed that people weren't getting saved unless people prayed. Amen because I saw it happen in my own family when we prayed. So it's important, everything that you do, and I believe there's a whole lot of creative ideas still that haven't come out yet for people that are doing kingdom business, amen? And remember, God is not forgetting it. I want to talk about the ministry of helps for a moment, okay, because it is a ministry, just like the fivefold ministry. It's a ministry of helps. A ministry of helps is a supernatural gift. Say supernatural gift. You know, sometimes people that, um, they have a business side of them. They have business gifts or administration gifts. And they, and they count those, like, maybe, maybe because they're not seen with everybody, maybe a less than. But let me tell you, uh, Pastor Ed didn't have that. Pastor Ed and I didn't have those gifts. 
I had a little bit. I worked in the, in the business field, and we got the church going and stuff. But we needed people with business, the business side of stuff because when we're doing everything, then it's hard to step out in the anointing that God has for us and preach the word the way that God has us when we're spending time with that. Well, one of those gifts is, comes under the ministry of helps. It says here, the ministry of helps is a supernatural gift in the church to help bring to pass the vision that God has given to the pastor. Everybody's gift is important. Amen? And, it, and it's all helping to bring, a, a, a bring to pass the vision. The Greek word translated helps means to render assistance. So, you know, every, if, you, if, you're, if you're working in the church, you are under the ministry of helps, whatever it is that you're doing. You know, people come in and change the children's ministry. And instead of us saying, what are you doing in here? And, well, you know, why aren't you doing it the way we did it? No, we're like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Look at these gifts. People come in and work on the youth ministry, work on, get, make the media better. Make, look, look at our beautiful screen that we have here. I mean, just everything, the cafe, you know, people have gifts. And, they call, and, they, and they're there to render assistance to the vision that God is building. Amen? Believers who have been called to the ministry of helps will find that God has given them abilities and talents which enable them to complete all the necessary tasks. As those um, in the fivefold ministry walk in their gifts and callings, they perfect or equip the saints for the work of the ministry. See, we're to feed you. We're to feed you the word of God, but we're also to equip you to do the what? The work of the ministry. Ministries work. Ministries work. Amen? The word minister actually means servant. Let's look at Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And these seven men were chosen by the early church for positions in the ministry of hells. But look at how powerful this is. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, say rapidly multiplied, is that not what we want? There were rumblings of discontent. We don't want discontent. But there always seems to be discontent somewhere. <laughs> those who spoke Greek complained against those who spoke Hebrew, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. We apostles should spend our time preaching and teaching the word of God, not administering a food program, they said. You see, there's, there's a place, just like a, a place for the ministry of helps, there's a place for the fivefold ministry, there's a place where Pastor Ed and I, we want to operate in a strong anointing. It just doesn't happen. The grace is there, but it takes time as we, as we press into God and hear his voice, as we put his word on the inside of us. It takes time. It takes time to study, even for a message like this, even though we know what we want to say. We go to the word of God. We don't just come out, okay, thank you, everybody. Let's go eat. We want you to see it in the word of God. That is not our idea. But he goes on, and he says, um, we apostles, okay, verse 3, now look around among yourselves, brothers, and select seven men. Look at, li listen to the men, they, what, what these men, uh, the characteristics of these men who are well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit. Our ministry helps isn't just, you know, like, you know, the, the, the least on the totem pole. They're just as high, if not higher. They're, they're, it says they are respected, full of the Holy Spirit, 
and full of wisdom. And he says, we will put them in charge of this business. Say business. Then we can spend our time in prayer and preaching and teaching the word of God. That's where the majority of our time should be spent. Now, I got a little confused about that uh, in, in the midst of uh, a ministry and, and growing in the word and growing and building a church. Because I'm thinking, oh, we got to do this and we got we to have this. And, 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 we're just, and so we would give more to the business side of it. Then the then then the, the the prayer and the reading of the the prayer and the study of the word because that's because that's we we would never leave time for that but we got back to where we're supposed to be amen preaching the word studying the word taking time meditating on it so the Holy Spirit can speak to us so that we can speak to you so that you can speak to others and bring delivering words to people amen, amen. hallelujah. He said, so then we can spend our time in prayer and preaching and teaching the word. This idea pleased the whole group, and they chose the following. Look who they chose. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Stephen was waiting on tables. Stephen was doing the ministry of helps. Philip, great evangelist in the Bible, he was taking care of business in the church he was taking care of the ministry of helps. Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas of Antioch, a Gentile convert to the Jewish faith who had now become a Christian. And verse 6 says, These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. And we're going to, if you can stay for the second service, because if you can't, we're going to lay hands on you this service. But because of the, the, the shortness of time in this service, um, if you can stay to the second service to get hands laid on you, we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to show you why. They separated them, and they laid hands on them. And I'm going to share something with you about that in just a minute and how important that, that is, okay? And then it says, look at what happened. Once everybody took care of the business, and, and, and they were able to preach the gospel and study the word of God, it says in verse 7, God's message was preached in ever-widening circles, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Is that not what we want? Amen. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Amen. They were full of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 25, verses 20, verse 21 says, his master said to him, well done, Good and faithful servant, you were faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of the master. Listen, God is going to commend you. Amen? He is paying attention to what you're doing. We Remember when we talked about um, the judgment seat of Christ, you know, and the great rewards that we're going to have? Hallelujah. So uh, let's look at um, Ecclesiastic 9.10. The ministry of helps is about serving, helping, following, and covering. We need to cover our, our pastors. We need to cover one another. Amen? It is work, but it provides great rewards. Listen, when you work side by side with people, you're going to see their faults. What are you going to do? Oh, my gosh. Did you see so-and-so? I didn't know she smoked. Well, so what? That's none of your business. That's between that person and God. Cover them. Cover people. Amen? Ecclesiastes 9.10 says this, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, 
for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. What this is saying here is on earth is where you can make a difference. It's not after you're gone. It's not once you get to heaven. Right here, it says, God said, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with, your, with all of your might. For there, there's, there's, once you're gone, there's no, there's no, you're not going to have to make a difference. Amen? God's called us to make a difference. We're doing the greatest work in the world. We're, we have the greatest honor and the greatest privilege that God has put us, put in our hands the responsibility of taking this gospel to the world. Amen? Amen. And to doing his work and to building his house. Amen? Amen. And, the, and, and his houses of worship everywhere. That's why the devil worked so hard to shut him down. During COVID, he worked hard. Thank God some pastors stood up and took, went to court. Some of these pastors, and, these, and, 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 and now we can come to church. We did anyhow. We just, we took, I think, three weeks off, and we thought, I remember that day. I said, we're going back to church, or we're never going back. And we came back quick. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, remember I just said, they laid hands on them in the book of Acts. And they, and they sent them out, and they did all the things that they needed to do. Well, the Lord said this to me this morning. Years ago, some of our, if you've been here for, uh, I'll say 35 years, just take a quick stand. One, two, three. Stand up, Pastor Laurie, four. Pastor Mike and Laurie. Um, and we have some, yeah, Lynn and Nia, we, we have some people that, that haven't, that, 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 that are not here right now, but they've been with us for at least 35 years. Linda, why didn't you stand up? I know you were away a little bit. You moved away, but, you know, she was actually our first secretary, first office. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor would get on us because we'd sit there and talk all day. And then, I, and then I got her married to Eddie, so, you know. Anyhow, he was actually, was he our first sound man? I think he was. <laughs> but I remember God spoke to us, and he spoke this scripture to us. Let's look, Numbers 11. Pastor, you can come up whenever. Numbers 11, 16 through 17. Now, like I said, if you can stay for the second service, but if not, we're going to, or if you're working the second service, we're going to pray for you. We are going to take a legacy offering at the end, but look at this. Verse 16 says, So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of the meeting, that they may stand there with you. And then he said this, Then I will come down, and I will talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit that is upon you, talking to Moses, and I will put the same spirit upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Skip down to verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. And then the Lord came down in the cloud, and I feel the anointing so strong, it's hard to get through reading the scripture. 
and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, although they never did so again. Years ago, God told us to do that. I remember. And those people, Jojo, Johnny, Jojo, why didn't you stand up, Jojo? <laughs> but we did that. And the majority of the people, those ones that we lay hands on, they're still here. They're, they're working hard. They're still working harder. They're working harder. And the Spirit of God said to me when I was doing this message, when I was studying, he said, I want you to do that because the majority of the people that are in our church right now, they don't have, they don't have that, 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 that the Spirit has not rested on him. They, 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 they don't have the Spirit that is upon us, on them. And, I've, and I know people have said this. Why are these people, that, you know, like this or like they're so different than, we've, we've had discussions. Why is there a different Spirit on some people? They're not really running with us, or they're, they're, they're you know, like, they're, or they're just upset that we changed pulpits, or they, or they just, you know, they don't, there's, there's just a different spirit. But God said he's going to put our spirit, if you're a part of living word, our spirit is going to rest on you as we pray for you this morning. He said, he even told me this, he said, there are people that have been born in your church that are now working in the ministries that you have not laid hands on. For that spirit to rest, that same spirit, I know the Holy Spirit, I know his presence, and I know he's going to do something mighty here this morning. So if you are here and you can't stay for the next service, you're going to miss a great dinner, by the way. I want you to step out of your seats, and I want you to come to the front.